into heaven we have that ability uh, to get ourselves in and to keep ourselves there would be no need for a savior of course we understand that's not the case and that's not uh, the way God has set this thing up uh, mankind's never been able to redeem himself and so we've established that uh, but then one of the biggest um, especially in our area uh, corruptions of the charismatics is Point number two being the misinterpretation of tongues. Uh, tongues is in your Bible, without a question. There's no way around that. Uh, tongues is there, and I'm not afraid of that. Amen. Uh, there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of preachers don't believe in it, but they're scared to death to open the Bible and, and say why. And I don't want you uh, to go out of here saying, "Well, this is what I believe," and then when I ask why you believe it, you say, "Well, let me call Brother Josh." It's, you've got the same Bible I've got. Amen? And so uh, that's what we'll look at tonight. And, um, and we'll, we'll wade through this thing. Don't know how far we'll get, but we'll do our best. All right? Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter number 14 uh, tonight. And we'll begin reading in verse number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14 and verse number 1. By the way, this is a real good place. If you ever need to go somewhere and look at what the Bible says about tongues in your defense, if you will... Um, this is a good place to go. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. Uh, the Bible said, again, Paul's writing said, Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, uh, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Look in verse number 3. He that prophesies speaketh unto men unto edification and exhortation and comfort. And he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. I, I mean, you, you don't really have to go much further to have a pretty good uh, stance on why we do not believe a man or a woman, especially... Uh, should speak in tongues. Verse number 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. And I would that you all spake with tongues, but rather that you prophesied, for greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. And so when you read that, you're going to have somebody say, see right there, uh, it can be done. Well, let's let's just read on. Uh, verse number 6. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice... I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so ye, forasmuch as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue 
pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? Will I, uh, I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt uh, bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupied the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? For verily, uh, for thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than y'all. Yet in the church I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Brethren, be not children in understanding. Howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. In the Lord is written with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet for all that they uh, that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore, pay attention, circle this, underline it, put a star beside it. Verse 22, Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. Therefore the whole church be come together in one place and all speak with tongues. And there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers. Will they not say that ye are mad? But if all prophesy and there come in one that believeth not or unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. How is it then, brethren, when you come together? Every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unedifying. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most three, that by course let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church. Let him speak to himself and to God. Let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For you may offer prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. We're almost done. But the next verse is also often taken out of context. I know I've heard of Baptist churches that will not allow the women to testify or say amen or shout or do anything like that because they go to this verse and said that it says right here that all women are to keep silence in the church. But what are we reading about? Uh, we're reading, Paul is writing this church of Corinth, and the, the subject at hand is tongues. All right? Now look what he says in verse 34. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. What? Came the word of God out from you, or came it unto you only? 
If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. That's about where I've got. Amen. Wherefore, brethren, covet to, to prophecy and forbid not to speak with tongues. See right there, Brother Josh, it says not, not to do it. We're supposed to do it. Verse 40, let all things be done decently in order. Let me take you through the Scriptures tonight and explain the subject and the miss one. And I've labeled this point as the misinterpretation of tongues because that's exactly what we have in the false doctrine, the corruption, that tongues still exist and are still uh, practiced and used in the church world of today. It's corrupt. It's heresy. It's false doctrine. And I want to show you how and why according to to the Scriptures. Please pray for me and pray with me tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank You, Lord, for the opportunity, God, to be gathered together with Your church, with Your saints. Uh, Lord, one more time, I pray tonight, God, that You'd help me. I pray, God, Lord, that You'd open our ears and open our heart. And God, You'd open our mind, Lord, that we would not... Uh, just believe what's being said, but God, that we believe the Word of God uh, for what You've said to us. And Lord, I, I pray, God, that You'd open blinded eyes. And God, that You would speak, uh, Lord, to those who may be confused. Lord, there may uh, be some here tonight that still don't know, uh, uh, Lord, just exactly what they believe on this subject. And so, Lord, if You would for a little while, help us, Lord, to preach the Word of God in great demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, help us to teach when, need, when I need to teach. Help me to preach when I need to preach. And, Lord, that most of all, You'd receive the honor, the credit, and the glory. It's in Jesus' name we ask and pray. And all God's people say, Amen and Amen. You may be seated tonight. Again, briefly, I just want to give you a background. Uh, it is here where the Apostle Paul uh, has begun to sort some things out. We understand that this church at Corinth they have major, major problems. And one of the problems uh, the Bible said is division in the church. Verse 26 sums it up. Uh, I've said it every week. How He said how in the world is it when we all come together that every one of you hath a psalm and a doctrine and a tongue and a revelation and interpretation. Uh, he said everything that's supposed to be taking place within this local church is supposed supposed to be done under edifying over and over and over Paul makes the point in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that we our job my friend is to edify the body it is to edify one another it's to edify the church and of course we understand uh, the Christ and the Savior of our uh, body it is the Lord Jesus and uh, Paul makes very many mentions about uh, what this is labeled as he makes many mentions of spiritual gifts. That's one of the spiritual gifts by way of introduction without a question is tongues. And Paul goes over and over and over times and he says here's the problem with these spiritual gifts is that it edifies you. It edifies the men. It edifies mankind but it does not edify the body. But preaching or prophesying prophecy it will edify the church. How many of y'all would agree with me in that statement that preaching 
preaching will build up the body of the believer. Uh, my friend, so Paul is dealing with the subject at hand. I've said it over and over and over, but 1 Corinthians chapter 14, this local church uh, is made up of a mixed multitude. Uh, what you have here in this church is both Jews uh, and Gentiles. Uh, can I say one of the biggest reasons for that? That uh, division and doctrine and interpretation and all these things that Paul has made mention of one of the biggest causes of this is because both the Jew and the Gentile are present together now listen you will find in scripture that there are times even the Gentiles would speak in tongues Paul addresses that it's not always the Jew that does this the Gentile has but all every time that tongues is spoken in the Bible it is for the Jew. Uh, can I say tonight, I'm not here to start an argument. I'm not here to host a debate. I'm not here for open discussion. My aim tonight is to establish Bible doctrine for this dispensation of believers. I know what the Word of God says about signs uh, and wonders, especially tongues. Uh, uh, therefore, I know what I believe concerning uh, signs and wonders. Uh, uh, can I say tonight, first of all, I want to say that all of the signs and the gifts and the wonders for the early church were always a sign to the unbelieving Jew. I want you to turn with me tonight. Take notes. Write this down. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. I want to show you a few things. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and we'll begin reading tonight in verse number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and we'll begin reading tonight in verse number 10. Just over a few uh, chapters there to your left. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 10. If you're there, say amen. Now again, this is the same church Paul's dealing with. Uh, just the first chapter of it. And verse number 10, he said, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it's been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of coal, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Paul gives a good question in verse 13. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? He said, I thank God that I baptized none of you, uh, but Crispus and Gaius. Uh, he said, lest any should say that I baptized them all nay and I baptized also the household of Stephanus besides I know not whether I baptized any other for Christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel not with wisdom of words lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but unto us which are saved it is the power of God for it is written I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Verse 20, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolish 
business of preaching to save them that believe. Verse 22, please unto God memorize this. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Uh, Can I say that Paul makes it very clear uh, right here that the, the power of the gospel no longer lies in anything other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I understand Jews require sign and Gentiles seek after wisdom. Uh, but he said, look here, when we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, it's a stumbling block. And when we preach Him crucified to the Greeks, it's foolish. But unto them which are called, uh, my friend, my, I've said it over and over and over and over again, uh, but without the drawing power and the call of God on a sinner to salvation they'll never get converted my friend the power is in the drawing of the Holy Ghost and Paul said in verse 24 unto them which are called both Jew and Greeks Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men may I say tonight without a question that signs have ceased. My friend, signs no longer exist. My friend, people don't get in by watching the apostles perform miracles or Jesus perform miracles and then placing their faith in the in the doctrine in the, in the gospel of which they preached. But now we have wisdom. We have a completed word of God. Until you get this Bible, settled in your heart, you're in a mess. I don't care what kind of doctrine it is. If you're not standing not only on the Word of God but in the Word of God and letting that Bible stand and resonate within you, you're in trouble. My friend, you can't stand. You don't have nothing to stand on. Here's a good question for you when it comes to what you believe and what your standards are and what you think in your heart. What is your final authority? Can I say the final authority is not Brother Josh and the final authority is not Stillwater Baptist Church and the final authority is not your mama, your papa, your niece, your uncle, your nephew, your aunt. The final authority is the King James Bible. We believe around here that there is one God, one faith, one baptism, one spirit, and one Bible. Jesus made a promise that He'd leave the Word of God. God made us a promise to preserve His Word. My friend, to all generations, I believe from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation, it's all true, it's all infallible, it's all inspired. Y'all are going to have to help me or find a church that don't care about nothing. But I need some help. I'm talking about the truth tonight. I'm talking about we've got the Word of God in our hands tonight. But more than it's in our hands, we need to make sure it's in our hearts. What do you believe? What do you stand on? Who's the final authority? What is the final authority? We believe it's the Word of God. And so we found out right here in Genesis chapter 1, verse 22, the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. Would you all agree with that?
Well, in our text in First Corinthians fourteen twenty-two, the Bible said, "For wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not." Uh, so, in other words, tongues in your Bible is for somebody. It was for the Jew, not just any Jew. It was the unbelieving Jew. Can I say, my friend, we are not seeking a sign; we're looking for a Savior. Uh, there's no need for an apostolic gift. Uh, We've got the written Word of God. And as the Word of God was written and completed, uh, uh, may I say we don't we have no need of a new revelation. Uh, I'm about sick of all these men uh, gaining a bunch of followers because God's give them uh, uh, some kind of a special vision and God's give them a new word. Hey, you better hear me tonight. It's perverted and it's heresy and it's ungodly and it's wicked. Uh, God said everything He wanted to say uh, and God meant every word He said said and he said every word he meant uh, God don't need nobody else to stand up uh, and say God has said this or that he said left us every word uh, that he wanted us to read my friend uh, uh, we need no more signs gifts, wonders, prophecy it's all in the word of God Amen. amen can I say this tonight if I honestly believe there was something else for me that I was lacking for instance, a gift of tongues. I'd be the first one to chase it. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. I mean, come on. I mean, if I thought for, for sure that I was lacking something God had to offer, I'd want it. I'd want it. Why don't I desire these things? Because I have learned, Second Timothy said, study. To show thyself approved unto God a workman, need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I realize that I am not an apostle. Amen. This is not to me. This is not even for me. These tongues are not for me. Right. And it ain't to me. It's to the unbelieving Jew. And that's not even today. You know how Jews going to get in the dispensation of today? The preaching of the cross. Which is to them that perish foolishness, but which uh, those of us which are saved, it's the power of God. Now, is God going to go back to some of this? Towards the Jew in the great tribulation? Yes, He is. We're not here though. Salvation's different at that point. The church is gone. So we got to rightly divide the word of truth. Can I say this? A major problem I have, Paul's writing this church at Corinth. He deals with all this. He condemns it. We just read in 1 Corinthians 14, you know what he said? If you're going to speak tongues, you might as well speak in the open air. He said, I'd rather speak five words of understanding than a whole mouthful. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. And so I'm going to explain to you uh, what tongues are and those who are still practicing tongues. Can I say those that are still practicing this supernatural spiritual gift of tongues uh, today do not at all follow the biblical instructions that are given from 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 to 1 Corinthians chapter number 14? You're never going to walk in a church where they're speaking in tongues and it be in biblical order. You're never going to do it. First of all, it said, let there be no more than three. Exactly. You, you go to a charismatic church that speaks in tongues and, and, and try to keep count of how many of them is Hyundai, Suzuki, Toyota, Kawasaki. Some of y'all need to know how I could do that, did you? Hyundai, Hyundai, Kawasaki, Toyota, Suzuki, Honda. 
Sha-na-na-na-na-na. There's a whole group of them. Fact of the matter is, they don't believe you're even saved unless you're doing it. They don't believe that you've got the Holy Ghost. They confirm that you've received the Holy Ghost by tongues. There's a preacher that preaches here every year, Brother Bud Stillman. He was brought up in this charismatic movement. He said he'll never forget it. He said he, he, he got one to be saved and all this. He'd come up praying, praying. And he said they started coming up praying with him. God, give him the gifts. God, give him the gifts. God. He said week after week after week after week. God, give him the gifts. Lord, give him the Holy Ghost. God, give him the gifts. He said, I'll never forget it one night. He said, I, I, he said I, there was a feeling running all through my body. He said, before I knew it, I couldn't contain my mouth, my lips, my tongue was loosed. And I don't have a clue what came out of it. And it was a spirit on it, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. So is it real? You better know it's real. But it ain't Bible. Amen. I'll tell you, there's many false doctrines, false teachers. There's many doctrines of devils. And you know the whole intent behind that? Is to elude people from the truth of the gospel and the preaching of the cross so they can die and go to hell serving religion instead of their Redeemer. There's a whole lot of people that wear long skirts and have their hairs never been cut and they don't wear makeup and they got a loose tongue and they do not know Christ like you and me know Him. I'm not saying they're all lost. There's some good people that's born again and saved that's tied up and, 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 and confused. I'm not saying they're all lost. But my friend, if what they're waiting on is a loose tongue or a chill to run up their spine, uh, my friend, they don't know the God that sent His only Son and died on a cross. Uh, my hope's not in an unknown tongue. Uh, my hope's not in a feeling or emotion. My hope's not in a goosebump. Uh, my hope's not in some kind of vision or dream. My hope's in Jesus tonight. My friend, there ain't never been a sinner get in without Him. He's the only way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by Him. Yes, I'm glad to report to you tonight. I'm not trying to downgrade them all and throw rocks at them. I just don't want you to be caught up in false doctrine. It's false doctrine. I don't think they're all bad people. Some of them are. And they some of them in here are probably not real good people. Come on, somebody. I, listen, I'm about tired of we, our denominations. Only one got everything right. We is crooked. We is crooked and corrupt in the independent Bible-believing, premillennial, dispensational, right, divine, and King James only. There's as much corruption in this as there are the next one. I'm not, I'm not basing who I am or what I believe off of who's corrupt who's not. I'm standing on the Word of God. There's good and bad in all of them. Standing on the truth tonight. That's why I am what I am. Because it's the truth. It's the word of God. First Corinthians chapter 12 to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul lays the groundwork for all this. He said, let there be no more than three. And he said, don't let none of them talk if they ain't no interpreter. Any of y'all ever seen the charismatics have an interpreter? I'm going to show you what tongues are. Do you even know what tongues are? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you what they are. Let me give you a list of what Paul says. We ain't going to read it all for the sake of time. But he said no more than two or three speak in tongues in the service. And he said only one of those two or three can speak in tongues at a time. Yeah, and it can't be a woman. And I'm going to take another step. You, you can believe me if you it don't matter. Look for it yourself. 
in the charismatic movement, the women are dominant. And the men are passive and effeminate. I'm talking about the majority. All the women dominant? No, but the majority of them are. And are all the men effeminate? No, but the majority of them are. I'm telling you the truth tonight. Because the roles have been reversed. It's the women that get up preaching the pulpit more than the men. I mean, we've got it right here where we live. Buddy systems, husband and wife, pastor and co-pastor. Listen to me. I don't care how you think what you've been told according to this Bible. A woman cannot assert authority over a man. And God does not call women to preach. He calls men. Calls men. Men preach, not women. If the woman can't even be the leader of her own home, what in God's name thinks make you think she can lead a church? It ain't that women are less. You're not less. People, people label us as well. All them independent Baptists, they, they walk all over their women. They think they're a bunch of slaves. That's not right. We don't think that. You're as much you. You're entitled to have as much as I am. You're just as valuable in the eyes of God as I am. But God has order. And His order is the husband is the head. And the wife, then under Him, then the children. Listen to me. I can't help what God has laid out in His Word. Weaker vessel. Don't mean you're worse or less or to be walked on. It's God's order of the home. Amen. I'm not preaching on the family, but I'm going to tell you the issue with most of our families, even in good independent Baptist churches, is husband won't stand up. Mama runs the show, and he either says or does everything he she wants him to, or there's hell to pay. That's as wrong. That's just as bad as you getting up in the pulpit and trying to preach. Amen. That's right. Brother Dax has got a message he's never preached. He's got liberty to preach it here. I think it needs to be preached. What would a man do for sugar? He can walk you throughout the Scriptures and look at great men of God who did terrible things just to get a little sugar. A lot of husbands, listen to me ladies, I'm not on the home, but we're done here. Women like what they hear and how they feel. That ain't how, that ain't how men feel loved. Mm-mm. Men love what they look at. Oh yes, that's exactly right. Men love what they look at. Our desires are not the same. And a lot of women hold what God has given them. And I ain't got to be explicit for you to know what I'm talking about. As a weapon. It's not a weapon. Marriage is honorable in all. The bed undefiled. You might as well say amen or owe me. That's exactly right. Oh, yes. And it's better for a man to marry than to burn. That don't mean in hell. That means in his lust. There ain't a man on the planet that they got to have some kind of attention. Are you listening to me? God made us that way. God made us that way. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't guile. It ain't vile or perverted when it's done biblically. 
And all this comes back. You say, how's all this tied together? It sure does. Because these women, Paul's telling them in 1 Corinthians 14 to keep silent in the church concerning tongues. And what's he tell them to do if you got a question who they go to? Which is the head. Oh yes. Ladies, there's a problem if you're coming to me over this Bible more than you are your husband. I mean, I got three or four of you fellas going to help me tonight. The rest of them's too scared for something. There's a problem somewhere. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm your pastor. I understand that, and I'm here for you. Don't think I'm not. But you need to ask your husband, which is your leader. And if he can't answer you, come to me. There you go. Amen. That's the order. That's right. Amen. Well. You can study all this for yourself. They're biblical truths. So, if tongues were for today, we got to order. If they were, and they're not. That's no more than two or three speak in a service, only one at a time. Everyone that speaks in tongues must have an interpreter, and women cannot speak in tongues at all. So how many charismatics do you know following biblical order concerning tongues? None. None. There's not one on the planet. Can I say this? The Bible says this in uh, <coughs> excuse me, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. God who at sundry times and divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by prophets. Listen. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the world. Do you know what the Bible says? That we're not spoken to by tongues. We're not spoken to through uh, apostolic gifts. We're st- spoken to in the last days through and by his Son. And John 1, 1 said in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was was God. In the last days God speaks through His Word. You know how many people sitting at home cold and indifferent because somebody came up to them and prophesied that their cancer was going to leave and it didn't? They won't trust nobody. They even try to tell them about the Lord. I've talked to them. I've witnessed to them. I like to invite you to church. I don't, I don't fool with that no more. Why? Well, so-and-so down the road, they came and prayed over me and said that this brain tumor is going to leave my mom and, and, and she died within 24 hours. Yep. So God must hate me. Yep. Are you with me? Yep. This stuff really happens. You don't know the damage that you can cause by operating off a of misinterpretation and false doctrine. You'll cause harm that some people will never get over. So in dealing with this rather large issue of corruption, especially in this area, of doctrine by the charismatics. The first place they're going to take you tonight is Mark's gospel. I'm going to tell you where they're going to take you in chapter 16. So please go there with me. Mark chapter 16. I'm going to show you everything you need to know Lord's will about tongues. And what the Bible says about tongues. So look with me. Mark chapter number 16. And uh, this is going to be considered a proof text. A proof text to them. Those who are charismatics. um, Concerning tongues. Look with me here in verse number 15. We'll start there. He said unto them, this is his apostles, 
Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And they shall take up serpents. And if any, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. This is where they're going to take you. Right here's the last thing he told them. He's done dying. He's done resurrected. He's ascended to his father. And the last thing he said was, go in all the world, teach, preach the gospel, baptizing them, and so they can be saved. And these signs will follow those who believe. Do you know what they say about you and me? We really don't believe. Else, if we did, what would we have? Verse 17. They'll cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. So according to this, taken out of context and misinterpreted, you can go outside right now and empty your antifreeze into a jug and just take a big drink of it. Matter of fact, drink the whole thing. It's not talking to us. Who is Christ talking to here? Thank you. Anybody else want to answer that? Who's he talking to? Y'all remember what I've taught you from day one when you're reading your Bible, three things you need to know. Number one, what do you need to know? Who's writing? Number two, what do you need to know? Okay. And then number three, what do you need to know? What's going on? What's the occasion? What's the topic? What's yeah? So Christ is dealing with his apostles here, and he's telling them to go preach. Now, now, now pay attention. In verse 16, the Bible said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Do we believe that? Do we believe you have to be baptized in order to be saved? Why don't we believe that? It's not to us. This is all concerning the Jew. Are you with me? This is all concerning the Jew. But the Charismatics go here as a proof text. And this time it's the Charismatic Pentecostal Holiness, heresy of tongues, healing, signs, wonders, for what they claim to be is evident in the body of Christ today. First thing that ought to catch, throw a red flag, is verse 17. Look what, look what it says. And these, what's the third word? 1 Corinthians told us what? Jews require a... Greeks seek after... So are signs for us. They're going to try to stump you with this stuff. But if you know your Bible... And listen, don't be arrogant. I know people know that book inside and out in their buttholes. Did you really just say that? Yeah, I did. That's nice as to what they really are. You might as well say amen. How many of y'all know them? They know that Bible from front to back, but they're jerks. 
You're never going to win somebody that's really... First of all, time out. Let me say this. If they're seeking truth, you might be able to help them. If they come to you wondering, seeking truth, you might be able to help them. But if they come to you with an argument, you're wasting your... All you're going to get is an argument. You're not going to help them. They're setting their ways. But somebody that comes says, man, I just don't know about all this. You can take your Bible. And go to these references, these scriptures, and show them what the Bible says. So, right off the bat, the word signs in verse 17 should raise a red flag. Again, the signs are for the nation of Israel, the Jew. 1 Corinthians 1.22 Not the Gentiles, not the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 10.32 Now, yet again, three things you need to know. Who is writing? Who are they writing to? Watch the occasion. And I say it's right here in Mark's Gospel, verse number 17 of Mark's Gospel, that Mark is writing of Jesus speaking to the Jewish apostles. Are you all with me? Yes. So when you go here, and they take you here, what's one thing you can, can say to them? Ask them a question. What's, what's one thing that you could bring up, Brother Shelby? Verse 14. Okay. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's who he's talked to. He's talked to his apostles. You know who received the... Notice this. They still refer to gifts as apostolic gifts. Okay. Does everybody know what the root word of apostolic is? Who received the gifts? Why did they, why did they receive the gifts? Because they were trying to reach the... Salvation came first to the then to the and the Jews require a, and the Gentiles seek a oh yes Does everybody see that that is there but it's not talking about us it's talking about the apostles do you all remember the snake bite why didn't that kill the apostle God was allowing them to see there is something supernatural. They had never ever seen such things. It's a sign. He was trying to reach the Jews because the Jews require a sign. Alright? So these are apostolic signs. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse number 12. They are given to the Jewish apostles. They're converts. These are the signs that follow them that believe. Listen, once the Jewish apostles die, they're gone. Guess what? Signs disappear. Okay, somebody asks you why you don't believe in speaking in tongues, signs, gifts, and wonders. Say, well, according to that Bible, they're for the apostolic, the, the apostles in the apostolic age. That's one reason. Number two reason, we don't live in the apostolic age. Can anybody tell me what it takes according to that Bible, to be qualified to be an apostle besides Shelby. Go ahead, Dad. Physically. Had to physically see him, the death, the burial, the resurrection. Right now, downtown, downtown Atlanta, there's a big black fella with gold hanging all over him with a suit and a tie on, his smile on a billboard. And his name is Apostle Rashid or something. He's not an apostle. How do you know? He was not there. 
He had, in order to be an apostle, number one, God had to call him. Number two, you had to be there physically to see the death, the burial, the resurrection, the life of Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's all physical. It's all physical. So, if you want to be a scriptural charismatic, and there's no such thing as one, but if you wanted to be, in regards to these tongues and healing, gifts, signs, wonders, then you would have to be, number one, you'd have to be converted under the ministry of an apostle. These that follow them that believe are under the umbrella of the apostolic ministry that God left through His apostles after the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, you got some issues. You got the Assembly of God, Church of God, Pentecostal Holiness, the Charismatics. I'm labeled them all together as the Apostolics, the Charismatics. They're very quick to want to bring this office of apostle and apostleship back. But you can't do it. Right. You cannot do it. And again, let's just go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through verse number, or chapter number 14 at the order and the, and the biblical structure of tongues that Paul is addressing to the church at Corinth. He said, I wish none of you would do it, but if you're going to, here's what you're going to do. None of them follow that. First of all, none of them's Jews. Second of all, they're not trying to reach an unbelieving Jew. Third of all, they're none of them's apostles. All right? So we, I mean, this is very clear. Anybody got any questions or comments as I'm going? We're about done. I, I got a few other things I'm wanting to say here. All right. I got some other things there I'm going to say, I want to say, but I'm not, I ain't really got to worry about that. All right, turn with me to Acts chapter number 2. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. What are tongues? That's exactly right. That's probably me in my pocket, maybe. Not me. All right, are you there? Acts chapter number two. Yep. Y'all okay? Amen. You good with this, ain't you? Yes, sir. Establishing doctrine on a Wednesday night. You can go out here knowing something. I know what y'all believe, but do you know why you believe? Yes. I know what you believe. You wouldn't be sitting here. I'm not trying to convert nobody to believe what I believe. I'm just trying to get you to realize why you believe what you believe. Look with me in verse uh, number one, Acts chapter number two. Of course, we understand Acts is a uh, it's a very transitional book, and um, it's labeled as the Acts of the Apostles. Mainly consists of the Acts of Christ um, through the ministry of His apostles. But let's look in chapter number two, verse number one. Uh, the Bible said, "When the day of Pentecost was fully come." They were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like eyes of fire and it sat upon each of them. Now if you don't know your Bible, they're going to take you and read stuff like this to you and it'll scare you to death. But their, their own scripture disproves what they believe. The Bible said in verse number... Um, Verse number four, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues 
as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, verse 5, and, they were, and they were, there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Verse 6, Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? Galileans, and how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Now look who all's present. I'm not going to pronounce all this right, but I'm going to try. Verse 9. Parthians. And Medes or Medes or Medes or McDonald's, whatever. Elamites, the dwellers of Mesopotamia. I got that one down pretty good. And in Judea, Cappadocia, and Pontus in Asia, and Thygera, and Pamphylia. In Egypt and in the parts of Libya, about Cyrene, the strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one another, What meaneth this? Others mocked and said, These men, who, who's the men he's talking about? The apostles are drunk. That's what they said. These men are drunk. A new wine. So what is taking place? What are tongues? Scripturally, tongues are defined right here. In other words, I'm the Apostle Paul. Stay with me. There's multitudes from all these different places with different languages. And I'm preaching just like I am to you and you here in English. But the Japanese hear in their language. And the Chinese in their language, and the German in their language, and the Hebrew in his language. And are you with me? Every man heard in his own tongue. That's what tongues are. Tongues has never been Hyundai Suzuki Kawasaki Toyota. Never has it been that. It's been an apostle preaching the word of God and everybody regardless of their home their, their, their nationality regardless of their language heard what the man said supernatural that's say how in the world that can this that can this things be taking place so the only thing I can tell you is they must have gone hammered drunk is that not what we just read does everybody see this I don't want you to just believe it because I'm telling you. I want you to believe it because it's what it says. Look at verse 14. Same, same, same deal right here. Here comes Peter again. But Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken. As ye suppose, seeing it is, but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. 
It shall come to pass in the last days. Hey, listen to me. How many of y'all's heard this from the charismatics? Bible said it don't matter when women can preach and all that because Bible said in the last days neither Jew nor Gentile nor male nor female. Y'all heard that, ain't you? Okay. Look what Peter said 2,000 years ago in verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids will I pour out those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I'll show wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor, smoke, and the sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon to blood, before that great notable day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Shall be saved. You men of Israel, hear, ye, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, the man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourself also known him, being delivered by the detriment counsel foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. And God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that should be holding the vent. Who's it, who's all, who is being talked to here? It's all Jews. It's all Jews. And he's telling them of the last days, but he's convinced that he's in the last days. You also know that, don't you? Oh, yeah. Because look here. Verse 16. He explains what's going on. Verse 16. This is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel, that it should come to pass in the last days. In other words, he's saying this is it. This is the time where the, where the, where the sun is going to be dark and the moon is going to turn to blood and, and all these things. But we're in the last days. That's what you're seeing. But it was all to the Jews. And guess what? All the Jews are going to see that. But that wasn't the last days. And this, I know we're in the last days, but this is tribulation Jews. Are you all understanding what I'm saying? Does everybody understand what the tribulation is? First occurrence on time, time pick. The timetable of God is the rapture of the church where the bride of Christ is raptured out of here. The day in Christ rise first, then once you're alive and remain, be called up, meet him in the air. Then you got the great white throne judgment. Or excuse me. Then you got the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to be tried. Our works are going to be tried by fire. Everybody understand what I'm talking about? Then you got the second coming. The rapture second coming is not the same. The second coming of Jesus Christ when he comes back on a white horse and we come back with him. And he rules and reigns on this earth for a thousand years. Millennial reign, but before that takes place, when the church is raptured, guess what's ushered in? The Antichrist and the Great Tribulation. Yes, sir. God is going to begin to re try to reach those Jews one more time. He's going to send the two witnesses. Anybody know who those two witnesses are? Yes, sir. I mean, it, it, hello, anybody? What are they going to do then? And they're going to lay in a road for three, for three days. And they're going to have a party. And they're going to celebrate and walk around them. And then what happens? Them jokers get up. Are you with me? All of that is taking place for the... This is so simple. The doctrine of tongues is just as real as the doctrine of eternal security. But you've got to understand to whom the doctrine's speaking of. It's not us. It's the Jew. What is tongues? 
I'm going to stop about that time. i got a whole lot of other stuff I ain't going to get to say. I'll get to it next week because it really it ties into the obsession of talents and all that anyways. So what is tongues? I'm done. What is tongues? It's a language. It's whenever man heard the apostles in their own native tongue. Everybody see that? I've, I've given you nothing but Bible. I've not given you any opinion. Any questions, comments? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I ain't got eyes getting into that. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I didn't get to all that, but you're exactly right. That's where I'm headed next, next week. What's the agenda behind all this? Let me ask you this real quick. And I know who it's concerning. This is also concerning the Jews. Do y'all remember the Bible where it says that many's going to stand before God and say, Lord, have we not cast out devils? Have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not done many mighty and wonderful works in thy name? And he's going to say, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. And I understand the context is dealing with the Jew. But let me tell you something. There's going to be a whole bunch of people in Corbin. It's going to stand before God and say, Lord, have we not cast out devils? Have we not prophesied in thy name? Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What is it? The agenda. Why is this such a big ordeal? Let me tell you what people want. In this day and hour, outside of the truth, there's two major movements, always have been, the contemporary movement and the charismatic movement. Of course, you got the Catholic Church. That's the great horror, Revelation 17. But you've got charismatic movement. You want to know what they love about that? All the hype, the energy flesh you all know what the contemporary movement's doing all about me flesh they're two extremes and now they're starting to collide together there's a big one in Corbin that's collided started off as church of God now they've taken that off but they still believe church of God doctrine but they're full blown contemporary too so the women get up now, instead of long dresses and long hair, they get up, you know, tight fitting in modest clothes, speak in tongues and preach and all that. And they have a rock concert, and during the rock concert, they're all, you know, speaking in tongues, flopping up, fish out of water and all that stuff. Why is all that such an issue? Because that's exactly how the devil ushers in deception. What are they going to do when the Antichrist starts making blind people see? Signs and wonders. That's why the Bible said if we was left here, even the very elect, just like Dad said, would believe the lie. Because he's going to show them a sign. He's going to show them a sign. Anybody else? I don't run from this stuff. That's right. They said they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and but they 
I'll try. And it's Acts chapter 2 kind of sets it all out. You read that to them, it's like looking at a deer in headlines. That's right. That's exactly right. That's right. They don't know what they're saying. Ask them. They say, I don't know. It's a heavenly language. No, it's not. It's not a heavenly language. No such a thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. Amen. That's exactly right.